computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. Doing a quick solo pod today. I've got three topics. This is Tim, you know me as Cranjus McBasketball on Twitter, and we are running through a couple of real quick things. So first, Lakers play the Mavs tonight, and the Lakers are in quite a bit of a situation. They have several players out due to being in the COVID protocols, including Malik Monk, Taylor Horton Tucker, Dwight Howard. Monk even traveled with the team and then they discovered, you know, he tested positive, so he's had to leave and go back. So that, you know, is concerning. <laughs> Certainly, you don't want him being around other guys and getting them uh, sick as well. So there's, it's a tricky situation when, when there's that incubation period where someone might test negative yet still be, you know, carrying the disease. Um, so hopefully no one else is sick. Hopefully these three guys are okay. Hopefully others like uh, Bill McDonald, hopefully he's fine. Um, David Fisdale's out uh, for personal reasons. I don't know if that's COVID related, but hopefully all of them are all right. I believe Phil Handy's even out as well. Um, so hopefully everybody's okay heading into this game. The Lakers are in an interesting situation now without those three players. And I mean, they've played games this season where none of those three guys have played. So it's not a completely you know disastrous situation, but... We have seen Jay Huff and Shawnee Brown. They're with the team. They're in Dallas. Uh, we, I'm guessing, are going to see a good bit of DeAndre Jordan. We're going to see probably some more Austin Reeves, Wayne Ellington, and Avery Bradley. I would say are the four guys benefiting from this the most. Uh, DeAndre, because you need a center body, because there's nobody else, uh, especially if AD is out, which I believe he is. Um, Austin Reeves is a someone that I think the Lakers will use similarly to THT from a defensive standpoint. I think Monk Ellington is a natural like one for another. And Avery Bradley is probably going to see a slight boost from this as well without Monk and THT in the rotation. So the Lakers can make it work. It's not ideal. The Mavs will be without Luka, so it's still a winnable game, especially if the Lakers' trend of smart offense continues. But it'll be just an interesting situation to see how they manage who's available and and how things are going and my hope is that you know get through this game and hopefully this isn't a sign of bigger issues to come in the future we, we've certainly seen other teams go through this even have game, have games postponed recently Dante DiVincenzo uh, is in COVID protocols like it's you know it's a situation and you'd like to think the NBA could be a little bit more proactive about trying to nip it in the bud but We'll see what happens. The Christmas games are in like 10 days. So hopefully by then it hasn't grown and grown into an even bigger situation. But this is yet another reminder that we are still very much in a pandemic. Lots of people are getting sick. You know, you stay up to speed with, with vaccinations and do everything you can to, to stay healthy. Because it's, you know, these are the, the superstars. These are the elite players from teams. I mean, maybe not these three guys specifically, but like, these rich people are out there getting sick. We can get sick too. Um, so be be safe. That's the first thing. Go Lakers. Hopefully they beat the Mavs. Another thing I wanted to mention was the backstage Lakers episode that came out recently. Um, this was yet another good glimpse into 
the you know behind the scenes of the team and we got to see a bit more about how the Lakers prep for games and I thought it was cool it's basically what we did in college um, in terms of like we're playing the Clippers we're going to look at their most five recent games and who is going to be doing that is on like a rotating basis just because you play teams every couple games you can't just have the same couple people on your staff or I'll say it's a big responsibility for the same couple people on your staff to be responsible for all the scouting reports. So for that game, I believe it was the Lakers um, video coordinator, Drew, I forget Drew's last name. Um, And then who was it? I think Phil Handy was the other one. And they were each presenting one had scouted the Clippers offense. The other one had scouted the Clippers defense. And my assumption is that those responsibilities rotate game after game. So for the next team, it might be, uh, Fizdale and and Coach Q or, or somebody or, or uh, Mike Penberthy and, and someone else. So just rotating that around, it's not like breaking news to me because this is how teams generally do stuff like this, but it's a good glimpse into that side of the game for the fans just because it's not generally stuff that's talked about. So that was pretty cool. And uh, just like coaching, you know, in, in huddles during games, we get to see like mic'd up and they'll say funny things or those moments where we're watching the huddles for the teams and the coaches coaching, usually they cut out anything strategy related. The You know, TNT, ESPN, they're not going to put anything up that's going to compromise the strategy of either team. So you're not generally going to see the good stuff. You're going to see the rah-rah stuff. Um, I'm sure just like that, this was also somewhat heavily edited, but despite that, they did, they did still leave in some cool dialogue. So go check that out if you can, um, from that dialogue, you know, you heard them talking about like, Hey, the Clippers, they don't get back well on defense, uh, in the half court, they're going to go under, they're going to pack the paint. A lot of the same verbiage that we've been talking about, um, on this podcast, they're going to down screens, pack the paint, go under and, really what the Lakers were talking about, what Vogel wanted the Lakers to do was, you know, beat them in, in transition. <laughs> let's let's not worry about the half court. Let's beat them in transition. Um, and again, this was only little bits and pieces of the conversation we were able to see. But from what they did show, it certainly appeared as though, and you could get the sense that like this team's focusing on defense. And you even heard Vogel say like, if we take care of this, we'll win the game. And it was, and it was not half court offense stuff. Um, doesn't surprise me with Vogel being a defensive coach, Fizdale's background being defense, Phil Handy taking on defensive responsibilities this year. Um, so yeah, it was it was neat. It was a cool thing, and yet another another good piece of published media from the Lakers that helps us feel connected to the team and really get to see what's going on behind the scenes. It's it's really easy to be upset when things don't go well and just you know throw names around and say ah oh, you know this guy stinks and I don't like this person. It's it's nice and cool to be able to like get to know them a little bit and see all the work that goes in behind the scenes. And you know when things don't go well, these are people, and we have to you know treat them as people, uh, respect others, and, and this I don't know should help <laughs> for a fan base that likes to go after people when things don't go well. Lastly, uh, let's talk about Ben Simmons. Um, we saw this reported recently. The Lakers had internal discussions about trading Russell Westbrook. I'm not entirely surprised about this because one, Rob Polinka is the GM, and he certainly likes to be prepared. Two, he likes to be active and he doesn't have many options right now. Like he doesn't have, and, and the Lakers do have draft picks to trade. Uh, the, the, it's been a couple years since the AD trade, so they have options there, but certainly fewer options than they used to. 
Um, they have a bunch of minimum contracts on this team, a couple stars, THT, and none are basically like their assets. So with only a couple pieces you can realistically move, and in, in, during the season it's hard to do those 3-for-1, 4-for-1, 5-for-1 types of trades, I'm not surprised that Russell Westbrook, who is a challenging fit, we've talked about it, I'm sure they realize it, and they've done those little things to try to make the fit easier, and I think it is working out somewhat well. On the offensive end, defensively, it's really, really tough for them, and they care a lot about that, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's more the side that they're kind of frustrated with. Um, but, you know, Russell Westbrook, and, and even on the backstage Lakers, they talk about him playing 11 out of 10, where he's trying to do too much. And uh, I think probably to start the year was more like a 13 out of 10, 12 out of 10. And, and now he's ramped it down a little bit. But there still is opportunity for Russ to make smarter decisions. We're seeing it get better. It's not perfect, but it's getting better. Um, despite all that, I'm not saying Russ is the problem or they think Russ is the problem. But I'm also not surprised, given who the Lakers were targeting in the previous couple off seasons, that they're saying, all right, well, can we get Ben Simmons? Can we get some of these other star kinds of players? And I don't think Philly would accept this. The reporting on the situation made it seem as though the team's discussions were pretty short. But, you know, I wanted to look into it. I wanted to see what a Ben Simmons fit could look like for the Lakers. You know, what roles he could play, how he would slot other players. And from that, I think defensively, he'd be a huge upgrade. I mean, suddenly the Lakers have an elite point of attack defender, an elite wing stopper. It allows them to, instead of putting Russ in a chaser role and forcing like Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, all these other guys to play point of attack, you suddenly have someone else that can do that for you. And that slots guys like Ellington and Monk into roles that make more sense for them. Because while I think they've you know, performed well and they've grown in that role, they're still not good there. And it's not a good place to ask them to be, you know, having to perform on a consistent basis. And we see that from like their impact data. So slotting them a bit better would be one benefit from this. Uh, you'd also have some interesting like small ball lineup options with, you know, I don't know, Simmons and Braun or once Ariza gets back. Like there are some switchy wing bodies in this group between, you know, in, in maybe not all wing bodies, but between like Ben Simmons, Trevor Ariza, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Like you, you've got some some interesting options there, I think. And, you know, there I'm sure would be creative things the Lakers can figure out given the smart brains that they have in that locker room. I think offensively, on the other end, is where you have the big issue. You know, Simmons gets to the rim well. He finishes at the rim well. We've also seen him turn down layups and, and have some struggles mentally in terms of, like, having any sort of aggression, uh, kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum of from Russ. And he is someone that has no jump shot. He has no three-point game. He has no middle game, which I think is the big a big difference between in ball screens, what you're able to do with him. Because with Russ in these ball screens, with those north-south screening angles, he drives with force and ha yet still has some degree of a middle game that there are options available. With Simmons, you go under everything that's side to side. And, but even if the Lakers use those north-south screens, he doesn't have the same craft around the rim. Although Russ hasn't finished all that well this year. And Simmons doesn't have any sort of like good floater or pull-up game to the point that like he'll turn down those shots to throw the ball into traffic. 
Um, looking at his film in, in ball screens was like just really bad. And there's a reason we see him really, really struggle to be efficient there. And his like pass out data also be really poor because he's not generating advantages and you don't have to respect the middle game. So it's like go under if they're side to side. If not, we're going to drop or we're going to switch and just force him to like basically what he tries to do is meet you on the other side of the screen as you're going under, bump you and then shoot like uh, jump off one foot, kind of fade away a little bit and shoot this like little mid-range layup floater kind of thing that he doesn't have a lot of success with. So it's, you know, it, it was disappointing. I was hoping for more in the data and, and in the film, but uh, not super encouraged by what that could look like. Deep logo pick and rolls are an option where like there is really no middle game to consider. It's either if if the defender shows, you throw the lob. If they don't, you go for the layup. Um, I think you'd want to be running ball screens for him to you know slash down the sl- sidelines rather than going middle. Give him uh, as many opportunities to like. If we get by the first line of defense, you're getting to the rim. So like hammer action flare screens or things weak side to try to remove help defense. As a short roll guy, I like what he can provide, but. With LeBron, the defenders for these bo- for both of these guys are probably s- of similar stature, so they'll probably just switch that. So it's it's not the kind of like that skill set is there for him, but the fit isn't there for him the way it would be with like a Luka Doncic or uh, Damian Lillard or I don't know Kyrie Irving. Pick pick a guard where like the defense switching is a bad situation for the defense. Defense switching a Braun Ben Simmons pick and roll maybe. You know, it's it's not all that big a deal for them. So him paired with Braun, not ideal. Uh, him paired with AD also doesn't have a whole lot of synergy or potential for synergy. He'd be a big step down from like a Russ-AD combo. So you, you lose a lot in terms of mentality and work ethic and aggression and offensive playmaking he's he's certainly a step down from Russ and the ball screen game goes away and his synergy with either of LA's other two stars goes away so like I see a lot of potential issues here defensively I do think he would help a good bit he also hasn't played in a while and the other thing is continuity matters in season like we don't have a full training camp there's no break of like a week or two around the holidays for them to like try to build synergy so it would be quite challenging in a lot of ways to bring Ben Simmons into the mix for the Lakers. So big picture right now with how poor of a fit he is, it's not as appealing as like I initially would have thought it would be going into this. So just some food for thought. I wanted to give my two cents on that. Just a nice quick 15 minute episode for you. Hope you're doing well and and hope the, the Lakers can pull out a win against the Mavs, get healthy Uh, in several different kinds of ways and and see them kick some butt going into these next couple games they've got who do they have up ahead we have a game in minnesota in two days and then chicago a couple days after that Uh, the suns are coming up so some decent matchups lakers are favored by three i think they can beat that i think they'll beat i think they'll cover the spread um but you know that's all for today Good talking to you. Take care. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.